and welcome to episode 106 of TLDR Podcast. Full disclosure, I'm going to say it out right here. Alex is not here. The reason being is because Alex is going door to door, knocking people's doors and being like, hey, you like olives? And if they say yes, he's going to give them a lecture about how olives are bad. Just so you guys know, that's what Alex is doing. Fun fact. He confirmed it himself. And if Alex, if that's not what you're doing, you have 10 seconds to tell us right now. It's not, I'm not going to wait 10 seconds. I'm just joking. He's not here, so he can't say no. That's what he's doing. But everybody else has had some pretty um, exciting. That's what he's doing. Weeks here. It's what? It's just like, like how long were you thinking about that one? Uh, probably about three seconds before I said go. Oh, that, so, that's impressive. That's yeah, impressive. No, it's just my mind goes in circles. It's weird. Tyler moved into a new place that yeah. I was not asked to help move into. So I'm a little hurt right now. No. Tyler, I, how's a new place? Yeah, James, I kind of forgot how much you actually enjoy moving. Um, so that's on me. I hate it, but I'm just strong. Yeah, so. I'm actually not pissed at you, Tyler, because I don't like moving. So Yeah, <laughs> shit. Well, I clearly asked the wrong person. But uh, either way, we are moved in. We're still kind of getting settled with everything. Um, but so far, so good. So, I mean, you, know, you guys aren't watching it, but we're cur- I'm currently in the new podcast studio, which is actually an actual room. Versus a small little like den than it was last time. Um, so yeah, it's good so far. Uh, I'm really excited about the new home theater system that we're hooking up upstairs. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. So I'm excited for all everyone uh, on this podcast to come see it at some point. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, but so far, so good. He said he has to deal with traffic now. Yeah, I actually had like, like a commute and like sit in traffic for like 20 minutes, and I hate it already. But 20 minutes, 20, 20 minutes, minutes, dude. It, You're complaining about. Hey, I'm used to I'm used to a five minute commute. Like literally, I I, I make two turns and I'm at work. So that's that's where I'm coming from. I know black people have way worse, but it's 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 going to be an adjustment for me. Hey, it's trading. Yeah. Trading trading walks down the hallway. That's what yeah. he does. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> two days a week, dude. Two days a week he walks down two the hallway. I mean, he has to go down the stairs. I mean, then down to the hallway. But two days a week, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of trading, having to go far distances, that boy's in Canada in an RV. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's a lot about it, big guy. Um, I am currently at my grandparents' house. We took a trip up here. We took the RV, so we had six of us in a in an RV, um, just driving straight up the the fifteen, the I fifteen. Um, and you know, it's it, it was fun. It was, a, it was a great it's it was a great drive. We got to my you know we got to my grandparents' house, my parents, um, my dad's parents' house. And, you know, we're just kind of chilling out, um, visiting family. We have a wedding to go to uh, next Saturday. So, uh, you know, we're just kind of doing our typical two week uh, vacations here. And I'm working most of the days, even though it's kind of slow. So I can kind of work and talk about stuff, hang out with my family. And um, yeah, I'm missing dinner for this. So uh, this just shows how much I love you guys and how much I love our fans that I'm, that I'm put, I'm pushing away my grandfather's food for this commitment. I, I mean, we had to postpone it a day cause you had to do the same thing yesterday. So yeah, but the whole family team, you know, I, I had to push it back. And for work real fast. Uh, do you have to make that commute all the way back to California or are you just walking down the hall? Like I said, you were, yeah, no, there's a, there's a, they got the, we got the PJ, we got the private jet, uh, that's going to take me right to, uh, to, to Pasadena. The, the PJ, PJ is really nice. No, honestly, no, I, uh, I just am in this office, my, the office that I used to play computer games in when I was like five years old. So nostalgia. No, there is a bit of nostalgia in this room. That's really cool. 
And Tyler, I'm not going to lie, man. Those degrees behind you are boring compared to what was behind you before. Yeah. Yeah. I like mean, the Winterfell uh, flag and then like yeah. all the sports stuff. And now it's just a degree. Now, yeah, why are you like sophisticated? I'm looking at it. Uh, unfortunately, I really want to really switch around. the background better, but just you'll see it when you arrive here. It's kind of the only way this room works. Um, it was, it, see, I, believe, I spent days thinking about the room setup, and unfortunately, it's just the only way it worked out. See, but, when you walk in now, it's like now you see all the stuff that you don't want to see. Like when you're looking into a nice room, you're looking for like diplomas and nice, f- nice frames. Now we get to see that stupid shit when we'd rather see the the fun shit. The uh, bobbleheads. Like you have it fucked up. Next time, next time, I want every episode. I'll have a bobblehead over over here, <laughs> and it'll just it'll just be a, a company meter during the podcast. How about that? It's like, yeah, it's you, like need, you need someone agreeing with you. Yeah. Remember back in the day, he used, to, he used to hang a different jersey up behind him for every <laughs> single podcast. That was Eric did that. That was Eric. And did also, that. you did too. You put your Chapman jersey. Yeah, up I, there. I did a couple times. Oh, I yeah, did. did times. That's fair. I don't do that. We've evolved. We now have a blank wall and diplomas. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> we are. I just want to show off how smart our only two is. episodes, man. I'm These going, are not going back. I'm going back in two Always weeks. Opposite. <laughs> You're weird. Anyway, let's get into the episode here without Alex. Just very sad. Alex, we miss you so much. Please come back. We're going to start off with the NHL free agency. Reason being is because I think free agency opened relatively recently. I'm not sure when. Today. But the, today. Okay, today was in today's Tuesday, by the way. Wednesday? Today's, today's Wednesday. Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, by the way. <laughs> My phone has been going off with just random stuff of people's names I don't know. And I I can't pronounce half of them, but they're going crazy. So they're like signing for like four million dollars, which apparently is a lot in the NHL. Did not know that. <laughs> Trading NHL free agency. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh so you know, obviously today is uh is July 13th, which is the the official um free agency day for the nhl usually it's july 1st but given that we started a little late last uh this last season they had to push everything back but um for this free agency um um, this free agency season so far it's been one day um we've seen 147 signings um 301 contract years for a total cap hit of 262 million dollars um in in total contract dollars that's just shy of uh, or that's just about 885 million Yes, Jose, that is a poverty league compared to the <laughs> M- M- NBA. I understand that. <laughs> or especially the uh, the MLB, Tyler. I'm pretty sure like one guy is, it makes $885 million, right? Easy. Yeah. So, 885 um, million. Wow. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I understand that over 147 signings, that is not a lot of money if you are a diehard uh, you know, football fan, basketball fan, baseball fan, but it's literally you know. one Jokic extension. That's so crazy. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so, uh, but let's get into it. Um, all you know, th- there's been some interesting signings so far. We've seen um, teams jump ship. Or, I'm sorry, players jump ship. We've seen t- some teams, um, you know, lose lose great players. Some teams gain great players. Some, so we're seeing the rebuild, or we're seeing teams start to re- start um, the rebuilding, start retooling, start getting ready for the next season. Um, it's been pretty interesting so far. Nothing super crazy, except you know, save for a couple. But um, you know, we had we did have some big names um, kind of go to different places. Um, but before we get before I get into a lot of them, I actually asked the guys to just kind of you know look through who you know look through the list of all the um, signings, or or they could pick a team if that interest that if that was of interest of them, and just you know give me give me your idea of what you know kind of piqued your interest in this uh, in this free agency uh data it's always interesting how free agents um you know where they go and how everything kind of shakes out 
So James, what kind of caught your eye here? I mean, there, there's quite a bit, I don't see very much happening with your team. So I know that the, <laughs> the ducks aren't too interesting for you, but there are some other interesting teams out there. And uh, you know, what, what, what piqued your interest? But I mean, full disclosure here. Um, I really only wanted to talk about one guy and that was Johnny Goudreau, Johnny yeah. hockey. And he was at the time that I did my research, he was a free agent, but He's then as of maybe 30 minutes ago, he signed <laughs> with the Columbus blue jackets. So I don't really have much to go on here, but I mean, off the top of my head, Johnny Goudreau is a big one. Why would he go to the Columbus Blue Jackets? I don't know. He goes to some place that's a winner where he can really excel to go in some place where he takes a pay cut to be on an all right team. And that's the same thing with like Claude Giroux. How did he go from the Panthers to the Senators? And I get the Senators are making a push right now, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to contend. And at 34 years of age, Claude Giroux needs to be on a team that contends for somebody with a story career like his to be such a good player and to have, to have such elite power. Like he's great who hasn't won a cup yet. And you go to the senators, you should have picked a team that would give you a chance to compete or like, sorry, I'm just going back and forth here. But all, the one thing, that biggest thing that really got me this uh, today is Jack Campbell going to Edmonton. And I get, I get Edmonton needed a goalie. And he signed for five years. Five off the top five. of my head, what, 25 mil? Yeah, for 25 mil total, yeah. Yes, man, I'm good. But he signed for that much money, right? And the thing about Jack Campbell is that he's good. But then there are times where he dips for and sure. is not good, which we saw last season. He was great. He was a Vezina Trophy candidate for a little bit, got hurt, came back, was terrible, atrocious towards the end of the season got better, then the playoffs disappeared again. It's peaks and valleys of Jack Campbell. And I get that the Oilers need goaltending. That's a big thing for them. They had Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, who were inconsistent. And what I'm seeing is Jack Campbell is also inconsistent. You, I mean, like, he's, he's a much better goalie than both those players that I just mentioned, Ship and Smith and Koskinen, yes. But the inconsistencies haven't proven to be – haven't over. he hasn't overcome his inconsistencies to the point that I can rely on him for $25 million for five years. That's a big contract. It's a long contract for right now. And I, you're signing him to be your guy for long-term for five years, but he has yet to prove that he can do an entire season without having those, those valleys. That's concerning yeah. to me. No, that I, you make a good point. The problem is you have to look at, you know, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up and we'll go back to Johnny G in a, in a sec here, but um, I want to, I want to tackle this one. You, you make a great point. Yeah. He does have, he does have his inconsistencies. He does have peaks and valleys, but his, his career, he's, he's a solid, very, very solid goaltender. The problem is when you're, when you have no other choice, that's what you have to go with. Um, and there was no other choice. I mean, Darcy Kemper signed elsewhere and Darcy Kemper, in my opinion, is <laughs> not the answer either. So um, at least Jack Campbell, you know, J- Jack Campbell is, is a guy that, is a guy that love that is very well loved in the locker room, which is, which is a big thing. Um, he, you know, he, he takes a lot of pride in his work. He, he, he puts a lot of, he puts a lot of the blame on himself, which I think is actually problematic at times, but um, yes, I understand. I do, I do agree that his inconsistency is a problem, but um, you know, ju- just as fickle as his play is. So are the, so are the fans of, of a lot of the teams he's played for naming, namely the the uh, uh toronto maple leafs 
and they downgraded in goaltending <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with Matt Murray and fucking uh, they just who they else they had. Uh, I forget who else, but it's it's a fucking joke. So for like five hundred dollars or five hundred thousand dollars less than uh, than Jack. So even though it's only two years, so that, I mean that's great, but they're not going to be winning anything with with fucking Matt Murray, in my opinion. So James, you make a good point. I think I think that that's just what we had to deal with. We lost both goaltenders. We know that Mike Smith's not playing another year for the for us, and Mike Miko Koskinen jump ship to Europe. Um, and Jeff, uh, Jeff Skinner, I'm sorry, Jeff Skinner, uh, Stuart Skinner is going to be, um, you know, coming from Bakersfield up and he can't, he's now waiver eligible. So he's part of the team. So, uh, we had to find some one a, and I think he's kind of was the best option. And, you know, we have 7 million, you know, a little about 7 million wrapped up in goaltenders, maybe six and a half. And that's pretty solid. So. I'm not too upset about it. I'm actually pretty impressed by, uh, by given the, given he kind of was it and we got him at 5 million. It could have been a lot worse, but uh, as for Johnny G um, yeah, that was the big one. I mean, that was the big question mark. And I'm like, Oh, we're going to go to bed, not knowing where he goes. And then, and then I find out he's going to fucking Columbus. I thought the same thing. Why would you go there? But obviously he did not want to be in Calgary. And that's a, that's a clear indictment on Calgary. Calgary has been the biggest loser of this, uh, of this um, free agency season. That's for sure. I mean, they, they lost everything. They haven't done anything last two seasons. They're, they're in big trouble. Um, you know, and for the first time in a long time, I'm actually thinking that Oilers actually won a, a free free agency uh, season so far. Um, we signed a Vander Kane for a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid um, number and I'm actually very, very um, excited so far. And I, I was not excited after last season. I'm extremely excited for this season. Um, and who else you said? Johnny uh, Goudreau, um, Drew. Yeah, that one was weird. I don't know why he went to Ottawa, but I think he's close to home. So that means something. Um, sorry, the phone's going to ring. It's not my phone. Sorry. Is this the um, crowd? Um, <laughs> no, this for- Patrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see if there's gonna they're not gonna answer it. Um is there like a button you can like mute it or what? Thunder Mifflin, this is Pam. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I don't want <laughs> to just like anyway. Um uh, th- th- those are quite interesting. I know Johnny wanted to go closer to home in the United States. I think he just wanted to be in the United States. I think he wanted out of out of Canada, and I don't know why he went to Columbus when he's gonna be paired up with. Patrick Line, I mean, you get the at, so that might be pretty interesting. But you know what's crazy, dude? They still have a landline. Yeah, they do yeah, have a landline. That's that insane crazy. to me. Yeah. Not many places still have a landline. No, they, they do. Yeah. Tyler, we talked about Johnny G. We talked about Giroux. I know that I know it's slim pickings now, but there are still some interesting things going on. Um, and I'm pretty sure you might have someone different. Yeah. Um, obviously Johnny G was certainly my top, uh, interest of who is going to get moved. Um, as James mentioned a couple hours ago, that happened. Um, but some other notable, uh, free agents that signed that, you know, I was looking forward to seeing where they would go. Uh, Darcy Kemper, uh, going to the capitals. I think that was a good move on the capitals end. I think they needed goaltending. Um, you know, I think they got a pretty solid one in Kemper. Um, the Evgeny Malkin drama going there in Pittsburgh was very interesting to watch. Um, I thought for a second, he was definitely going to leave. I thought we were seeing almost like a Freddie Freeman kind of situation going on there in in, in Pittsburgh, but they, they eventually figured it out. Uh, he signed back with the pens and I've also thought the Evander Kane, uh, signing was one that was going to be interesting to watch, um, ended up going back to Oilers. 
um, which I think, I don't know, he seemed to gel pretty well in that, in that lineup there. And it was very, very productive. Um, I think people were talking, you know, obviously there's a lot of baggage that comes with Kane, but it uh, looks like the Oilers are willing to take that on. And I think, you know, obviously as we saw during the postseason, and especially during that late run that the Oilers made, he's a huge part and he, he, he makes them that much better. So I think that's a good signing by them. Um, I think overall so far, for the most part, I think pretty good signings for, for players and clubs. I know obviously a few ones that are kind of confusing, the Goudreau and uh, Giroux, uh, certainly like interesting ones, but uh, I mean, everyone got a little better. Every team did at least uh, so far. So um, I mean, I would like, obviously going into it, I want to see what how, I was, I thought the Kings would be a little more aggressive. Um, Kadri's still around, right? He's still, Kadri's still around. Yep. So that'd be an interesting one. Kadri, the Kings, King, King Kadri. I don't know. We'll see. I uh, could see that. I mean, I, I definitely could see that. He, he's the kind of, he's the kind of player that would love that, that, um, that spotlight. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's been, it's been quite interesting though. You do say that a lot of teams have, you know, got better. I, I, I would say there's a couple teams that haven't and that the Calgary flames have done fucking all have fuck, fuck all. And James, I'll get to in just a sec um, before I, while I have this on my mind and you know what? James's Florida Panthers are dog shit. Oh, they lost everybody. <laughs> they have done nothing <laughs> after, after winning the president's trophy. Not only did they get swept by the, uh, well, they, I know the lightning didn't win, but at least they went to the finals. They lost fucking everybody. <laughs> so, James, what were you going to say? Uh, I mean, I was going to talk about my actual team real fast because I just yep. got a notification that they signed Ryan Strome for five years, $5 million per year. So $25 million, just like Jack Campbell. And he's now going to kind of be their center. So the Ducks finally did something yeah. worth noting. Because he was pretty good for the like Rangers. He was decent. Like, is he going to help him win now? Probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> no, you. but here's the thing, James. You need you need NHL players. Like, you can't just put the whole farm on, on the NHL team because if, you, if they can't win, then they, then they, then they create this, this culture of, of losing, and that's not good. So I think that's good. James, interestingly, you'd be, you'd be interested to hear this. Um, my coach, Sam, that I work with at Chapman, he is actually working with, um, the Ducks coaching staff at um, yeah, development camp. He's looking to join their their ranks, okay. so he's working directly with uh, with Dallas Eakins himself. So um, I'm getting a lot of inside um, scoop on that, that whole thing. So he used to play in the league, though. Sorry, he used to play in the league though back in the day. Sam? Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, Sam didn't. No, uh, that's the other coach. The other coach. The other coach. Um, but Sam does. He actually is a coach of the Columbia national team who consistently wins the gold. So, um, so there's that. Um, so, uh, so that, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the major, you know, the major news guys. I mean, we, we, those are the major ones that we kind of went through. I don't know of anyone else that kind of, um, th th you know, there's a lot of, we've, we've seen a lot of signings, but nothing that really catches my eye besides, you know, the Claude Giroux. Uh, there's a lot of like, you, you did see um, uh, the lightning kind of, extend their core for another eight years that's i mean that they're just doing lightning things that's just what they fucking do every single year uh athanasio is no longer a king tyler he he signed somewhere else um clearly didn't work out <laughs> which is fine, we don't, we don't want which is fine. Anyway. i told you eric i fucking told you bro <laughs> um, um other than that it's it's been quite interesting uh the biggest the, you know the biggest winners to me are um K carolina did did fairly well um uh, you know, I think Ottawa Senators did pretty fucking well. 
Um, they they nabbed Alex DeBrinket um, in a crazy trade with uh, with Chicago. Chicago is literally stripping it down. I mean, they are stripping it down to the bare fucking bones. When do Kane and Taze get moved is the big question. Um, he unloaded uh, Dorian unloaded Matt Murray's contract to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now they're his. Now he's their problem. Um, he got Cam Talbot. Um, he got Claude Giroux. Like, I, look, I'm not saying they're going to compete for a Stanley Cup, but they're in a hell of a lot different position than they were last year. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, the Canes also just got Burns from a trade, which is a huge thing. Yeah, they did. They did get Burns. Um, I, I think that both sides are pretty happy about that. I think Burns is a little overpaid um, for what he offers, and but you know the Canes are in a win now mode, and they need that defense, that, that kind of uh, that kind of player. They need a goal score. They need a defensive uh, uh, prowess on the back end offensively, and that's where he comes in. Uh, Columbus, I think, won by getting Johnny somehow. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck they swindled him on that one, but uh, it's clear that he did not want to go to Cal- back to Calgary. So uh, it's been it's been interesting, guys. Um, I you know we'll, we'll keep up on it. Um, next 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 week we'll talk about it some more if uh, if anything else big happens. But um, you know, stay tuned. Um, there's going to be a lot more trades. I feel like. Um, and a lot more teams, um, you know, finish this, this week out and weekend out with, uh, with a lot of moves, because once that happens, there's a bit of a lull and then we get back into the NHL season. But, um, for now strap in because uh, I think we have a fun few day, few more days to come here. So yeah, everybody strap in as Traden says, while you strap in, we're going to take a quick break when we return fantasy football is not going last this week. It's going second. Hope you guys see you guys soon. Welcome back, everybody. If you have been paying attention and you know following along the last couple weeks, we went running backs first for fantasy, and then we went wide receivers. Next is tight ends. And Traden, as Traden knows everything about tight ends, told me I don't know tight end guy. But he, I'm he excited. Every work. tight end known to man. No, that's not true. But I am excited to to for next week. You're going to do kickers and and defense. So that'll be fun. Yes, we're doing kickers and defense that I didn't know about. So we're gonna do that next week. <laughs> Nobody's gonna, not, everybody's gonna turn that part off. They're gonna be like, ah, fuck this. It's gonna be Baltimore, and that's it. Johnny <laughs> Tucker and Baltimore, but tight ends. We're going tight ends. Top ten, like always. We'll start off with number one, Mister Tight End Guy Traden. Who's number one? Um, for me, it's gonna be Travis Kelsey. It just kind of always is, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I, you know, I know he didn't have quite the, um, quite the year he normally does. Like, like last year he, he was behind, um, in, in points, but, um, I, I just think that, you know, whenever you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and he's, and those two have just a connection, Travis Kelsey is your, is your guy. Alex agrees with you 100%. And so does James. We all say Travis Kelsey going at number one, Wrong. Tyler, who do you have? I, I do not have Travis Kelsey. At number one, I have Mark Andrews as number Ooh, one. Okay. He was the number one fantasy wide receiver in 2021. Uh, there's no reason to doubt this guy's production in 22. Um, Kelsey, again, he's been elite. He's been elite for so many years. It's hard to t- it's hard to you know knock him down. Um, but I do believe that Mark Andrews last year uh, there's been a change of the guard at number one. And I think that is Mark Andrews. I mean, I love that. that. That's great. That's really cool. But I have Mark Andrews at number two because it's just Travis Kelsey is on a better offense. Let's be real. When it comes from a quarterback, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a better throwing quarterback than Lamar Jackson is. 
nobody's going to argue that statement. And in order to get the ball to a tight end, you don't, you don't run the ball to a tight end. You have to pass him the ball. And I get that he's the best tight end like last season, but Mark Andrews is really good, but doesn't get as targeted as much as Travis Kelsey, especially on Tyreek Hill's gone. Trade, who's your number two? My number two is Mark Andrews. Um, look, I, I, I know that Mark Andrews outperformed um, Travis Kelsey last year, but, and, and that was on the, on the basis of, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm the stat guy here. He said a career high playing 75% of off- offensive snaps. Travis Kelsey still averages 81. He's just on the field more. Hmm. I like that. And Tyler, who's number two? Uh, number two, they got Kelsey. Um, listen, like it was, it was a tough one uh, with, with Andrews and Kelsey, but I guess I feel Kelsey is still an elite, elite uh, tight end, but I think he slowed down. Like the last couple of years, he's starting to trend downward just a bit. He's getting up there in age. Um, there is some reason to doubt that he may not be the number one tight end anymore, but still, like I said, still a top three guy. Yeah, that's fair. Fun fact, Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski are the same age. Holy They're both 32. And Gronkowski plays like he's 40 and Travis Kelsey plays like a god. So there is some, there's some truth in what you're saying, Tyler. One day Travis Kelsey will slow down. I don't think it'll be this year. It'll probably be next year. But I, I get what you're saying. Alex also chose Mark Andrews at number two. Three overall for tight ends. Tyler, who you got? Number three, I got Darren Waller. Um, I think his production fell a little bit late last season due to injury, um, but you can't deny this dude's talent. I think the Raiders are going to be, you know, uh, I think they're going to be an improved team from, from last year, which I think, you know, as, as long as Waller stays healthy, I think this guy's going to be great. Trade. Yep. Warren Dollar it is. Same, same, uh, same thing Tyler says. I mean, he, he kind of said it all. I think they're going to be better. Um, and I, I know that he did take a step back. He was a little injured last season which was a problem because Darren Waller was such a big, uh, you know, big pickup for me two years ago, but um, you know, he, he'll be back in it this season and, and I think they're going to be better. And I agree. I have the Walrus going number three as well. And contrary to what people think having Devonte Adams, there will take away targets. I actually think it'll help his targets a ton because Devonte Adams will get doubled. Devonte Adams is number one on that team. in terms of receiving. Darren Waller is number two. Now he will not get double teamed. As before, he was literally the only receiving option. He was double, triple, quadruple teamed, which is why his production went down. Now he's going to have single coverage on him. Boy's going to feast. Three overall, Darren Waller. He found the end zone nine times. Not yeah. obviously not last season, the season before. Like the dude, if he's open, he's fucking scoring. He's on it. And you yeah, need, absolutely. and James, you've said it multiple times, you need tight ends that score touchdowns. That's the only way you score points. Yeah. That's Travis Kelsey. So, or Mark Andrews now. Uh, and Darren at number three and Darren Waller and number three for <laughs> Alex also Darren Waller number four Trayton who do you have um it, it it's uh the sophomore Kyle Pitts um first rookie tight end to reach a thousand yards um since the Mike Dit- Ditka in 1961 don't I <laughs> I'm sorry if I butchered that name James he's I know li- he's literally like he's on tv all the time like he's an announcer <laughs> like he's a commentator Ditka. Yeah, Ditka. Um, I guess. I, I guess he like, is. He's on movies. Says the tight end guy. Right there. <laughs> um, and you know, I, 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 I think it's cop. I mean, come on, he, he's a stud. He's a stud. Alex also agrees with you. Tyler, who do you got number four? I got Dalton Schultz at number four. Um, wow. I like Pitts, but I think Schultz is on a much better offense uh, there in Dallas. 
uh, his numbers have been trending up the last few seasons. Um, and like I said, I think with we mentioned how the Cowboys lost a few offensive targets. I think Schultz, along with CeeDee Lamb, is going to get a bulk of that uh, available target um, uh, opportunities. So I think I got Schultz at four. I love that. I love that because I, I, I think the same thing. Dalton Schultz at number four. And like you were talking about the targets, there have been a total of 181 vacated targets to go between two guys in CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. There's no, there's no other way of putting it. There's going to be a huge uptick in targets for Schultz, and he's good, and he's young, and he's a great rut runner and blocker. It's, and I'm, it's crazy. And a lot, like, along with those 100, 181 targets that are gone now in Amari Cooper and um, Michael Gallup, 44% of those were targets inside the 10-yard line, which, if you know anything about football and tight ends, that's what tight ends get targeted the most on the goal line. You're going to see a huge uptick in just red zone targets and touchdowns from Dalton Schultz, which is why he's number four in my book. Number five, Tyler, who you got? Number five, I have Zach Ertz. Um, it seems like he has rejuvenated his career in Arizona. Yeah, and he was a little bit lower on a lot of projections. But, you know, like, guys, we can't forget that this guy was an absolute stud in Philly before things kind of went weird sideways there with, with the quarterback change and all that. But like I said, he, he came in Arizona. He fit right in. I think he did a great job. I think he's going to come in with a full season or coming into his first full season there in Arizona. I think he's going to do great. Um, just like looking at the rest of the board, I, I would trust Zach Ertz over the next guys that I have on this list. Jane, what do you got? Number five. Number five. I know I'm probably going to get roasted by James. Uh, I got George Kittle. I got George Kittle mm-hmm. here. Um, and the reason that is, is because while he was a little inconsistent on his usage last season um he never finished lower than than the fourth uh tight end four in points per game over the past four years regardless of what happened last year trey lance is a little bit more dynamic um there's gonna be a little bit of variance and i think Kittle's gonna be um you know i i think that that's gonna add some 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 spice to the to the offense a little bit you might see george Kittle utilize a little bit more um and i just think that he's he's the guy at five why did you think i was gonna roast you I don't know, because I know that you've said that George Kittle is the best overall tight end because he's good at blocking, but not necessarily the best, you know, PPR guy. Hmm. You're wrong, because I agree with you. Oh, <laughs> I will yeah, not roast you, because I also have George Kittle number five. Reason being is Trey Lance is now the QB. And for most young QBs, their safety valve and their best friend is the tight end. Trey, I mean, not, not Trey Lance, but George Kittle will be featured on the offense as well as be the safety valve that's a lot of targets for a guy who's good at it and he's gonna he's on the field 95 percent of the time to be selfie he's out there to block and then be a safety valve if that play falls through i mean he's, he runs routes like he's a wide receiver that can't be brought down by less than three guys you got to gang tackle this dude he doesn't go down easy at number five um alex has dalton schultz number six tyler who you got this is where I got Kyle Pitts at. Um, he had a great rookie season, uh, but only one touchdown. Um, I think this guy would be way better if he's on a better team. I think be, I think this guy's a, little, a bright future ahead of him. Hopefully Atlanta can kind of figure out their offense and get and give that guy a better system because I think this guy has the potential to be a number one fantasy tight end at some point. Um, but just with the team that he's on, um, I'm just going to put him at six here. I like that. Trayden, who's your number six? This is where I have Dalton Schultz. Um you know, he, I know he, he, I think I love the fact that he's going to be a top two target in, uh, in Dallas. Um, 
I, I, you know, just in terms of his usage, I don't know if he's going to get quite as many, uh, you know, targets as the others ahead. Maybe he will, maybe I'm completely wrong there, but I just, I have him at six. He's still going to have an incredible season. Um, and you know, I think you should pick him up at six. I got TJ Hawkinson out of Detroit at number six. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, he had, he played for 13 or 12 weeks last season because he he got injured, but six out of those 12 weeks, he was a top 10 tight end finisher which is huge for somebody young in an inconsistent offense. Uh, he actually ended up getting number one overall a couple times on the season. So that's really cool. The Lions are slowly getting better. And he's only he only played 12 games, like I said, and he was on pace for 100 plus targets in those 10, 12 games, which you can't say a lot of for these tight ends. Most tight ends don't get targeted this much, but TJ Hawkinson with Jared Goff does. And at number six for Alex, he had George Kittle. So everybody had something different for, for the first time for tight ends at number six. Number seven, trade me we got. Here's where I have Dallas Godert. 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 Um, he he over here. over almost 25% of the Eagles' targets in, in, in his full games played, um, which would have ranked second in the league. And that's after Zach Ertz left. Um, obviously, he's, he's, he's a big part of that, uh, um, of that Philly offense. And just like James said, he's kind of that, uh, that safety valve. When you got um, the next Patrick Mahomes, he needs, he needs some help. Um, right, Tyler? Absolutely. <laughs> Never living that down. I got, I got Dallas at seven. Dalton Schultz at seven, he says. <laughs> Not Dallas. Uh, Goddard. I mean, he has Goddard. Yeah. Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Goddard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dallas Gogert. Goddard. Tyler, who do you got at seven? <laughs> uh, at seven, this is where I have George Kittle. Um, he is. He has so much talent, and he has the, the potential to be so good. I just think he's just really inconsistent. Like he has games where he he goes off and other games where he just, he can barely uh, reach uh, double digit points. Um, And he's, and he can be a little bit injury prone at times as well. The new quarterback is a risk. Like I said, James, I think you made a good point that sometimes they do rely on those. Um, But I think it's always a risk, whether it's a rookie or anyone else, you know, coming into it to a new system, you never really know what you're going to expect. So that's why I kind of have him all the way down at seven. Um, but like I said, he has the potential to be so, so good. So it was, it was hard to put him down there, but that's the reason why just the, ink, the, 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 ink, the inconsistencies and the uh, new uh, quarterback. Good. At seven, I have Kyle Pitts. Reason being, just exactly what Tyler said earlier, Marcus Mariota is a quarterback on a team that's just terrible. And I mean, he had Matt Ryan, who is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota, and he didn't put up the best numbers in the world. What does that tell you? He's going to be good eventually once they get a decent quarterback. But you're at the mercy of your quarterback here. The quarterback is a limiting factor for the for the tight end position. So that that's why I got Coppets at seven. He'll get a lot of volume, yes. But what will he do with that volume? Will it will he, will it be catchable? Who knows? At seven <laughs> for Alex, he had T.J. Hawkinson. Number eight, trading. Who you got? This is where I have T.J. Hawkinson. Um, you know I. I don't know how he's going to, if we're going to see him develop into, you know, a huge, um, you know, game changer with, uh, with the, the, the Lions. I, you know, I hope that that's the case. I, I just, there's some risk there and that's why I'm at eight. Okay. Tyler. At eight, I have uh, Dallas Goddard here. Um, I think the Eagle, the Eagles are very run heavy with their offense, but they do love using the tight end. Um, and I think that Goddard, when he came in, or after he, he, he became the, the, the number one guy after Ertz left, he played great. Um, so I think the Eagles do like using him. Um, I think he's going to be a key piece in that offense. 
Um, so like I said, I don't think he's going to be a huge volume guy, but potentially, you know, a big score um, and comes here at number eight. I got Zach Ertz at number eight, um, mainly because he, once he got traded to Arizona, he was featured heavily. And DeAndre Hopkins is out for the first six weeks. But unlike Tyler, I don't think he's going to get as much volume to catapult him in the top five. Like he's, he's a good tight end. Yeah. Is he a top five tight end? Absolutely not. He's a fringe. He's a fringe like eight, nine, 10 kind of dude for me. Top five? Absolutely not. Alex has also a Zach Ertz at number eight. Look at that. Great minds think alike. Number nine. <laughs> Tyler, who you got? This is where I have TJ Hawkinson. Uh, again, he's, he's, I think he's one of the better up and coming tight ends out there. Uh, he can be a little inconsistent, but he's definitely a top 10 talent. Uh, can't go wrong with this guy um, as your tight end one. Jaden, who you got? This guy to me is kind of like an eight, nine, 10 type of guy. And that's Zach Ertz at nine. <laughs> wow. um, Copy paste whatever James said, put it in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever, whatever he said about Zach Ertz, except he's wrong. It's eight, it's nine, not eight. Okay. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I got Dallas Goddard. Goldert at number nine um, because I think the majority of the targets didn't go to the shiny new toy and AJ Brown. Sorry about it. Dallas Goddard was kind of the dude, but AJ better. AJ Brown is better. So number nine, Dallas Goddard. And also agreeing with me is Alex at number nine with Dallas Goddard. And last but not least, we got number 10. Trade, who you got number 10? The touchdown fucking maniac. This guy had 33% of his fantasy points from touchdowns alone. He is part of a high octane Buffalo uh, Buffalo team. That's Dawson Knox. Fucking love this guy. This guy is so dependent on the touchdown side, and that's what you fucking need to win. Um, you know, win win your weeks. You need a tight end that scores touchdowns, and fucking Dawson Knox scores fucking touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I also have him at ten. <laughs> like, there's no other place you could put this dude. He had 49 catches last season. None of them were touchdowns. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's so dumb. He had 40 catches that were not touchdowns. You, I, 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 can he replicate that? Probably no. not. But if he catches like six through seven or eight touchdowns, I'll be happy with that. That puts the number 10. He got That's how insane tight ends are. He got at least one. He got a touchdown in it, 13 of his last 26 games played. <laughs> That's Dawson stupid. Knox, touchdown machine. <laughs> Tyler, who you got at 10? I got Hunter Henry at number 10. I talked about this oh, guy a little bit. Did, he's, did. A, he's a good pickup. Um, he makes his living in the red zone. He's, he's a highly targeted guy, which, you know, obviously for fantasy is, is, a, is a good thing. I think, as we mentioned also, you know, a, another year of, of, of improvement from Mac Jones gonna be, is going to be uh, huge for him. So I like Hunter Henry at 10. He's basically and poor man's Dawson Knox. Okay. Yeah, sure. Pretty much in a Patriots offense. A little different. <laughs> in, a uh, less high, in a less high-octane <laughs> offense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. And number 10 for Alex, he has Mike Gusecki out of Miami, who was wow. basically a wide receiver in tight end's body. We'll see. That, that, was, that, was on a, that was a fringe pick for myself. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people who love olives, that was my top 10 fantasy tight ends. We're going to take another quick break. And when we return, Tyler's going to talk baseball like he normally does. Welcome back, everybody, and oh damn, MLB oh damn, they're back. They've been back. I don't know why I said they're back, but they're, they're here. So Tyler, keep going, bro. They're back. Damn, the MLB All-Star Game Week festivities is next week, guys. I'm very excited. This is one of my favorite 
uh, sporting events of the of the whole year. I love the MLB All Star Game. I think it's the best All Star Game of all the four major sports. Um, so we're going to talk a lot. Of, that's going to be the bulk of this segment. We're talking about the All Star Game. Um, we're gonna, we're going to go through the lineups because the whole lineups were released, the starters, everybody. Um, so just to run through it real quick for the American League, uh, Alejandro Kirk, Kirk got selected for, for starters. We got Alejandro Kirk at, at catcher, Vladdy Jr. got the first base position, Jose Altuve at second, Tim Anderson at short, Rafael Devers at third base, and the outfielders are Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, and Giancarlo Stanton, and the DH is Shohei Otani. Um, the reserves, uh, Jose Trevino, Luis Arai, Xander Bogarts, Miguel Cabrera, Andres Jimenez, Jose Ramirez, Andrew Benatendi, Byron Buxton, Julio Rodriguez, George Springer, Kyle Tucker, and Jordan Alvarez, who was injured. J.D. Martinez took his position. For the pitchers, we got Paul Blackburn, Emmanuel Class, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Clay Holmes, Jorge Lopez, Alex Man Manoa, Shane McClanahan, Shohei Otani, again as a pitcher, Mar uh, Martin Perez, Gregory Soto, Framber Valdez, and Justin Verlander. Um, and then on the National League side for your starters, we have catcher Wilson Rodriguez, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, second baseman Jazz Chisholm Jr., shortstop Trey Turner, third baseman Manny Machado, outfielders Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Jock Peterson. The DH, Bryce Harper, also injured. William Contreras uh, is going to take his spot. Also, fun fact of uh, the Contreras' uh, first pair of all-star starters who are brothers since 1992. Pretty cool. Um, for the reserves, we have Travis Darno, Pete Alonso, Nolan Arenado, CJ Crone, Jeff McNeil, Albert Pujols, Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, Starling Marte, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, and Garrett Cooper. Uh, the pitchers, Sandy Alcantara, David Bednar, Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, Edwin Diaz, Max Freed, Tony Gonsolin, Josh Hader, uh, Carlos Rodon took his place because Josh Hader is uh, gone. I don't remember why. Um, Ryan uh, Helsley, Clayton Kershaw, Joe Mantiply, and Joe Musgrove. Uh, so all those are all the names all-star so far. There's still a few days where, you know, people can get hurt or things might change where some guys might get added. That always kind of happens in the week leading up to it. But as of, as of right now on Wednesday, that's who we got. A lot of fucking names. A lot of fucking names. Um, so... <laughs> There's always surprises and snubs. So particularly with the starting lineup for, for each league, uh, we're going to kind of ask, uh, James, start with you. Were, you there, were there any surprises with the starters? Surprises, not particularly, but there's – I want to talk about the one position, the DH position in the AL specifically. Like the thing – I love Shohei to death. I want to preface that. Shohei is great. But he did not deserve to be the starting DH for the American League, 100%. I mean, Jordan Alvarez, I know he's injured, but goddamn, he's an Astro. That sucks. Cool. Whatever. His stats as a DH have been phenomenal. Shohei's have been not. Jordan Alvarez honestly should have been the starting DH for the AL. Shohei's going to make it as a pitcher. He'll make it to the All-Star game. That's not an issue. Everybody wants to see Shohei. Yeah, he'll be there. Jordan Alvarez is just simply a much better hitter for Shohei having a down year hitting. He, Jordan Alvarez got snubbed out of a starting spot that he's not going to play in because he's injured. But the fact is, he should have been the starter over Shohei at the DA spot. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes these all-star votes can be a little bit of a popularity contest. I think in some situations, certainly guys get uh, picked over guys that probably deserve it more. I think that's a good point. I think Jordan Alvarez certainly numbers wise definitely had the better numbers uh, by far over, over Otani, but you know, Otani is just going to talk of the town. So he's going to get those votes. I think 
Um, but Traden, do you, with with the starters, with you know the kind of kind of the fan vote, do you agree with what how the fans still did, or was there anything that was kind of off to you? Nothing, nothing major off. Uh, I mean, usually with the starters, it, it's it's between one to three guys, and I, you know you can't be really. Sh- I'm not really shocked in here. Um, I love James's rant. That was cool. Um, <laughs> except, unfortunately, Otani pays the bills. Otani is what we want to see, and. Um, Sucks for who, who, who was it that you were mentioning? Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. So Alvarez for sure. I mean, that, I mean, it, it does suck, but you're just not Otani, man. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, yeah, is what it's, it is. it's just so shitty because the DH spot is for hitting and you're judging Otani based off his pitching and hitting, right? Like he's you're a, voting for Otani because he can do both. Yeah. He's such, he's such a different level. It's almost like he needs to have his own, his own position or something. Um, but, yeah, I would agree. Um, the only kind of surprise Starting I hitter. saw with the starters um, was I thought Stanton, as great as he's come up with, I thought him being in there was a little bit of a surprise over either Buxton or Springer. I know Buxton's uh, numbers aren't great, but, you know, Springer has been struggling lately. So there was kind of a late push there, which I kind of get, but I thought overall I would have liked to have seen either uh, Buxton or Springer in there over over Stanton. Like I said, nothing against Stanton. The Yankees overall have been having a phenomenal season. That was the only one I was kind of like, hmm, probably would have changed it. But I thought overall it's the Yankees, bro. It's like yeah. yo, it's like Otani, bro. Yeah, they exactly. gotta have him in. Yeah. Um, but oh, I mean, they, has a, but, but they already had Aaron Judge. Um, but I thought overall the fans did a very good job of uh, voting for everyone. James, what what's your question? I know this isn't like a whole fan thing, but another snub that I had for um is Dylan Cease. Your guy for your fantasy team, Dylan Cease, starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, who I know aren't living up to expectations right now as a team. And Dylan Cease has an issue with walks because he walks a ton of people. But the bro is third in the league in strikeouts. You can't leave that guy out there because he, you pay pitchers to get strikeouts and you go to watch a strikeout. That's the coolest thing a pitcher can do is strike somebody out. He has a 34.4% strikeout rate and a 2.45 ERA, which is phenomenal. And the dude did not get voted in. That that that's tough, dude. Yeah, and Dylan. There Dylan are great Cease, pitchers, but damn. Yeah, Dylan Cease was my biggest snub overall. This whole of, of, of both leagues, Dylan Cease was for me the biggest one on my fantasy team. He's my stud. Um, you know, I, I I love watching this guy pitch. He has an awesome um, mustache as well. That's an all-star mustache. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, as, as James you mentioned, he's fourth in ERA in the American League and second in strikeouts in the American League. How do you not have a guy that's in the top five of both of those stats, probably arguably the most important two stats as a pitcher, especially when you're talking about all-stars. I don't know how he's not in there. It, it, there's it, a, there's it really another makes no sense. clear snub. I think, I think it's one of those that kind of like you have to have a representative from each team. And he's certainly, you know, it's kind of one of those, like you have to vote, you know, a guy from the, from the Orioles or a guy from the, you know, Royals and Tigers that they just have okay, to be Let's in stop there. talking shit about the Orioles, bro. Cause they're, they're the Orioles. Okay. I sorry. You're right. The Orioles have been, have been, have been kicking ass lately. But Tigers and Royals the suck. The entire so like, AL East. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah good. yes, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, all every every team in the AL East is at least five hundred or better. That's there's cool. another there's another pitcher that was huge on my snub list, and that's Kevin Gaussman of the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, he pitched in two point eight six ERA in eighty eight innings, has an MLB best three point seven um, WAR. Uh, he has the fifth best strikeout rate, second lowest walk rate. His batting average allowed is a little bit rough, but um, he has allowed the fewest home runs per nine innings of any qualifying starting pitcher in baseball. How the fuck are you not even in the game at that point? Like, what else do you have to do? 
Could it be because he always only pitched 88 innings? Maybe. Is, is that part of it, Tyler? Like he hasn't pitched yeah. that many well, innings. So I mean, does... Clayton Kershaw didn't pitch that many innings either, but he's in there. Um, I think it's also you know, a legend. Yeah. I mean, but he's, I mean, he also, Kershaw also has incredible numbers. Um, so, I mean, innings pitch is important. I don't know if it's the number one most, obviously if a guy has like, you know, less than, I would say the cutoff is probably like, if you anything less than 50, you're starting to be okay. Like maybe it's not quite enough of a sample size. Um, but I think, I think what, what you said, it was 80, 80 innings pitch, 88, 88. That's, that, that's a pretty decent, like I, I, yeah. I would definitely say that's worthy of all-star, you know, consideration at, 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 at this point in the season. Um, I think the leader overall is Sandy Alcantara. I think he's got 126 or something like that. 130. 130. 130, bro. On a 1.7 ERA. Crazy. At 130 pitches. How insane is that? Pretty wild. Um, so speaking of pitchers, let's talk about the starters. That's always a big honor for each guy to have. Who starts the All-Star Game? It's, just, it's hard to pick. There's a lot of really good pitchers. So who do you make your starter? Um, there's only one right answer for, for the National League, but I'm going to go around the horn and you guys can pick both your starters for the American League and the National League. Trade, and I'll start with you. Oh, I was going to have him start. For the American League, uh, I mean, I, I think I, I, <laughs> tough. Verlander? I, I mean, that's a great pick. I mean, he's, 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 I can't, is this like his 10th all-star game or something crazy? Um, and he's, 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 he's everyone thought he was going to be absolute dog shit. Yeah, and he really and he's, wasn't he's killing it. I think, I think he's like top five or at least Didn't James have to kiss his ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. What about, what about nationally trade? Who you got for nationally? Oh, I don't know, man. Okay. I thought he said it was a shoe. The there's only, there's only one right answer for the national league. And I have um, it. I think there's only one. There's only one. If you yep. say Clayton Kershaw, I'm gonna punch you. Oh, is if that if that's what you're trying to say, that's horseshit. Yeah, it's not Clayton Kershaw. It's Clayton Kershaw. That's the only. It's way. not Clayton. Oh Kershaw. my no god! Way. No yep. way, dude. Talk your chest over here, man. I'm gonna punch <laughs> your face. Right. Well, we'll just go straight to this then. It's Clayton Kershaw. Here's why. I understand oh, Sandy Alcantara statistically is better, way better in every single I'm not, way. I'm not saying that Clayton Kershaw this season is a better pitcher than Sandy Alcantara, but you got to listen. But- it's a 2022 All-Star You're game, is it not? playing. Not the 1997 All-Star game. At Dodger <laughs> Stadium. Okay. Clayton Kershaw, for, for as all, all the things that he's accomplished, he has never started an All-Star game. And he got snubbed in this particular situation back in – He's was, also never had a perfect game. And he 2014, got the year – I think it was 2014, the, the year he won MVP, freaking Matt Harvey got to start over him because he was at <laughs> home in City Field. And was like, we have to have the hometown, whatever. So I think Kershaw – I think everything comes back around. Karma always comes back around. You put Clayton Kershaw there in front of the home. The home they haven't had an all-star game there in over 30 years. You've got to put Kershaw in there. And again, I understand this, the stats. He's probably not the most deserving statistically of the all-star start nod. But I think given the situation, given his career, given the fact that this is at Dodger Stadium, you have to have Clayton Kershaw be your starter. But James, well, you know, why do you disagree? Or did I? I mean, I, I don't. I don't disagree. Anyone no, here. I mean, you make a good point. So what yeah. you're telling me is that in 10, 15, not fifteen, ten years, when when uh, Alcantara, well, he Sandy Alcantara, <laughs> Alcantara, Alcantara doesn't start in any All Star game, 
And then it's in Miami, even though he's having a less, you know, a less stellar season than the next hottest, uh, hottest pitcher. You have to give him the the uh, the uh, the chance to be the starting pitcher in Miami's All Star game. I don't, I, the thing is, the thing is, Clayton this Kershaw's is, a legend. No, okay, listen, like if, if if this was Clayton Kershaw's like, you know, second good good season, and he had the numbers he has now, I would say start Sandy Culture. Okay, it's not just because he's the hometown. We you also have Tony Gonsolin who's having a better season than Clayton Kershaw is. I'm not saying start Tony Gonsolin. I'm saying start Kershaw, given the fact that of, of his whole career. Circumstance. Ha- yeah, given the circumstance of everything, it, it's just the timing of it. You, I, think, I yeah. think you have to take advantage of it. And like I said, the, the All-Star Game is an exhibition. It's a showcase of the sport. What's a better way than having Clayton Kershaw start in his home, in the home crowd? Like I said, he's never started in All-Star Game. This is the perfect time to do it. Because like I said, we only have a few more years of All-Star Clayton Kershaw left. This may be his last all-star game. We don't know. So take advantage of it. Went to Dodger Stadium, have him start. I hate yeah, how right you are. I hate that. I hate but, it. Yeah. It's, it's a like great point, Tyler, man. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, I really was about to go to war with you. <laughs> I'm still going to punch you in the face, but damn, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. What about the American Kershaw should start. the only one that gets to pick an American League one? Yeah. James, um, I for American League starter. I also have JV. Yes. Uh, okay. I'm not needy. Two ERA, 11 wins. Leading the entire league in wins, and like he's fresh off of Tommy John. If we're gonna go with the legend route, put Justin Verlander out there. Put Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander out to start. I think that's a pretty cool storyline. Now that I think about it, especially coming off Tommy John, like that's cool, man. He's, he's doing a great job. He's leading his team. He's setting the tone for that entire pitching staff and bullpen. That's the reason why you could so damn good. you could argue he's setting it for the entire team. That team is fucking good, man. Yeah. And that team's offensively, that team's always been good. Uh, but pitching was a huge question mark coming into it. <laughs> Justin Verlander really straightened that thing out. Big it's time. True. Yeah, I, I, I do think that they will go with Verlander. Also, Dusty Baker is the manager for the American League. So he's probably going to go with his guy. <laughs> There's no bias there at all. Come no, on. not at all. <laughs> uh, so I think it's going to – I'll be shocked if it's not Verlander. Wasn't he a Dodger? Verlander? No, uh, Dusty Baker. Was he a Dodger? Yeah, when, it, when he was a player, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's actually really – that's a great storyline too. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Dodger fans love Dusty Baker. Although, other than the fact that he has to wear, he's 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 managed the Astros and the Giants, which is like really unfortunate. But <laughs> as a player, he was awesome. Um, but one other guy that I'm going to give some credit to that I think should get some attention is Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. This dude's having a stellar season. He leads the ERA in ERA and strikeouts. Um, so I mean, right that right there, you know, statistics. We're talking stats. I know I'm going against what I what I just said, but um, <laughs> I think that that's a guy that you have to you know give certainly give some 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 uh, cred to, um, you know. So we'll see what happens. But I, I like I said, if Clayton Kershaw does not start in this game, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Um, I I would understand it from some perspectives, and I've been seeing this debate and people go back and forth. Um, it would also be kind of cool, you know. If, Clayton Kershaw comes in like the second inning and like he gets that bullpen and then he's coming from the bullpen. You get, you get that whole moment. That would be cool too. But I don't know. I, I feel like he finally gets the chance to get that a chance to start the all-star game. I think that would just be super great. Yeah. Tyler cries if he's not starting pitcher. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Will. Um, all right. So last final all-star uh, discussion here, the home run derby again, I, one of my favorite events, the field, unless I've gotten an update recently. Yeah. There's still one, uh, spot up for grabs in the home run derby um, but currently as the field stands so far we got Pete Alonzo uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Albert Pujols which I think is super awesome uh, Juan Soto Kyle Schwarber Jose Ramirez and Julio Rodriguez uh, this is a great 
great field so far. So I'm curious to see who's going to nab the eighth spot, eighth and final spot. Uh, Pete Alonzo is the two-time defending champion. He's he's won two of these in a row. He won 2019, obviously 2020. We didn't have a home run derby, and he won last year in 2021. So he's going for three in a row. Um, got some good competition. Albert Pujols, obviously, in, in, in his last season, one last hurrah there at the home run derby. You've got the rookie sensation Julio Rodriguez in there. Uh, you know, some of the best young stars, Acuna, Soto, and Ramirez, and then Kyle Schwarber, who absolutely mashes uh, baseballs, is also in that. So I would love to see Stanton in there as the eighth spot. He's one of my favorite guys to watch uh, hit, hit home runs, but we'll see who nabs the eighth spot. Um, but my question is simple. Does Pete Alonzo, do, does, does Pete Alonzo achieve the three-peat in the home run derby? So Pete Alonzo or the field, James? No, he does not. Do I get do I get to choose who wins? No. Yeah, you have to predict it. Who? J Rod. I think J Rod oh, wins. Wow, it. the rookie. The rookie. I hate everything Seattle. Um, I'm a Niners fan, so I hated the Seahawks, and now recently I hate the Mariners. But goddamn, I got to tip my cap to Julio Rodriguez. He's fun. He's a fun player to watch. Very energetic. And the thing about the whole Roan Derby is that you kind of want volume. <laughs> these all these guys can hit and can hit for power, but you want volume, and that tires you out. Julio Rodriguez is 21 years old. Boys are going to be pumping this shit out like nothing. And that's going to be okay. And the more volume and the more home runs you pump out of there, the more likely you are to win. So Julio Rodriguez, you're going to take the dub in my book. I like that. Uh, Trading, do you got the same question? You got Pete Alonso, 3P. If not, who wins it? I got Juan, uh, Juan Soto. Just because. Because I want him I, to I win. Because really, really like you just like Juan Soto. I mean, Juan, Juan Soto is a great pick. Um, I'm going to say Pete Alonso pulls it off. I think he, oh, uh, his home run derby, he, he, especially the last one guy, like, I don't know if you guys remember last year, he made it, he made the shit look easy. He was, he was on another level. Um, it, it was absolutely insane. Um, obviously the competition is very good. You can make a case for all those guys winning. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to say he does it. I'm going to say he achieves something that no one's ever done and he wins three home run derbies in a row. I mean, we want to see history, right? I think it's pretty cool. All right, so tune in. So the Home Run Derby is uh, Monday, and the All-Star Game is Tuesday. So most likely we'll be recording during the All-Star Game, so I'll be super distracted, but I will make it happen. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, so let's move on to some other O-Dams. Uh, this, was, this happened a little bit a while ago. It's just been a while since I've gotten a chance to talk about it, but we're going to talk about the Freddie Freeman agent drama that's been going on. It's a pretty wild story. Um, just a quick little breakdown. Um, Freddie Freeman's agent, uh, Casey Close, uh, reportedly, reportedly, he did not communicate with Freddie Freeman about an Atlanta Braves final offer and basically gave the Braves just a one hour ultimatum to basically decide either take this or we're walking. Um, and apparently the communication was not great on Casey Close's part. Freeman apparently didn't know about it. The Braves apparently did not give enough time to counter all this kind of stuff. He kind of almost forced uh, the hand of, 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 of both parties and basically said, you know, we're not going to sign it. Um, this all happened during Freddie Freeman's return to Atlanta a couple weeks ago. And there's a lot of emotions with that. He, he got his world series ring. He was very visibly emotional, which Freddie Freeman's an emotional guy. Um, so it was, there was a lot going on during that week, during that series in Atlanta, he fired uh, Casey close um, and left Excel sports management um, after all these re reports went down. Um, also, interestingly, um, another big name to leave Excel recently was uh, Trevor Story. Uh, he left after signing his contract in Boston. So there's obviously some reason why people are leaving this sports management thing. It's kind of interesting. Um, of course, the uh, agent uh, 
close. He denies everything and implies the Braves and the people reporting this news are creating a false narrative and they're planning, planning to take legal action um, because they, you know, obviously they believe this is false and they're obviously very bad press for them. So they're going to lose a lot of business over this because as an agent, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so a lot of, you know, he said, she said kind of, kind of stuff, but obviously a pretty interesting story. Um, a lot going on with, with, with Freddie Freeman there. And it's just overall kind of what are your guys' takes on this and kind of like, how do you feel about it? Um, it's just a very interesting, uh, kind of, kind of situation trading. What, what do you got on this? Well, uh, Casey close is, well, if, if the allegations are true, which I actually believe they are, um, he's a fucking asshole. Um, I'm just going to say it right there. Um, and look, you, I understand why he did it. Cause obviously everybody knows that you make more if they're, if the contract's more, if you're an agent, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, and Casey close had every, had every right to, you know, ha- has every though has an obligation to ensure that his client is well taken care of. And the ironic thing is by this coming out, it makes every single player that is signed with Casey close think twice about either well, if they're if they if they're looking for a new agent, either getting into bed with Casey Close or keeping him as as their, as your agent, um, and it might end up biting him in the ass, especially if his um, if his plan to to sue falls through or or turns out to be a complete farce. Um, I, it just to me, you you have an obligation to respect the player that you are you know cover uh, you know representing. That is your job. That is your duty. And it clearly, if, if the allegations are correct, this, that wasn't, that wasn't, um, you know, that wasn't followed. And, and that alone is, is, is a, is a big problem. And I feel for a guy that is so tied to, to the town that he wanted to, to play for, and he didn't ever get that chance because not that there was a miscommunication or lack thereof, um, of, of, of an impending, you know, um, offer by the, by the team you wanted to stay with, um, the, the Atlanta Braves. So, um, I, th- I think it's tough because the, pr- the problem is, is he's stuck. I'm not saying this is a bad thing necessarily, but you're stuck in a town that you necessarily would have rather stayed, not went to if you didn't have to for set is it seven years, Tyler. I'm not sure. Eight. Uh, for the Dodgers. Yeah. Six, six years. So he, you know, he, he's, he's stuck on the Dodgers for six years. Now, again, it's the Dodgers. You have an opportunity to win multiple championships. This is, you know, that, that, that alone is pretty fantastic. However, it's not what you wanted initially. Um, and you thought that this was your only opportunity to, to play baseball at a pretty decent, a pretty decent um, pay. So of course you're going to go, uh, of course you're going to go when you have no other option. So um, when, or when you think your best option has left the building. And in this case, I think that Casey close had a better opportunity to um, he had an opportunity to, to represent his client the way he should have. And he did not. Yeah. Uh, James, what about you? I think the sad thing about this is, is that the biggest loser isn't Casey Close in that, that agency. It's Freddie Freeman. Yep. Like this is the guy, everybody, everybody and their mom and their grandma knew that Freddie Freeman wanted to stay in Atlanta. Like he's, he's had his entire career there. He has family there. He's built his roots and he's growing from Atlanta foundations, everything, every, he knows everything about Atlanta and it's come to fruition when he went to go visit. And the amount of love that these fans showed somebody who left them for somebody who like who they played in the World Series, like that's that's for the World Series to the playoffs. It was crazy. Like that's huge. 
it, it sucks because he wanted to stay somewhere, but was given misinformation that dictated it. And it kind of goes to show that when you're making that much money, money is kind of the root of your problems. Because he went to that place, he went to the Dodgers because he was like, ah, I didn't get the final offer from the Braves. So this, therefore, this place is giving me the most amount of money. I'll just go there. And that, that really sucks for somebody who wanted to stay in Atlanta. Everybody knew it, man. It sucks for family. It sucks for him. It sucks for his kids. It sucks for the community. And like, like Trayden says, like it, I'm, not, I'm not saying that L.A. and the Dodgers are a bad place. It's just not where Freddie's heart's at. And you, you can kind of see it. He's still producing. He was an all-star snub, uh, but he's still producing at a very high rate and he's a very productive player. Um, and I've only been watching baseball for a couple of years, but subjectively speaking, I don't see Freddie smiling as much. Yeah. And he's the kind of dude that's out there talking. He's at first base, talking to everybody, smiling at everybody who comes to first base and having a conversation. And when I watch Braves games, without a doubt, 100% of the time, doing the exact same thing. With the Dodgers, sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. That, that's the biggest difference for me. Yeah, I agree with you, James. I think, you know, I, I just felt for, for Freddie Freeman the whole time. I was like, dude, I, I had every expectation. I didn't think that, you know, I was like, when he, when he was a free agent, I was like, well, that'd be kind of crazy if the Dodgers got Freddie Freeman. But I never expected it to get to that point. I fully expected, so everyone in baseball expected Freddie to land back in Atlanta at some point. I think Freddie's that kind of guy. He, he wants to be, he's a guy that wanted to play his whole career with that organization. I think he made that very clear. And I think, you know, ultimately that's why he ended up leaving the agency, whether or not, you know, the agent, you know, did the things that he's been accused of or not. The point is he didn't get the job done um, and get the contract. And I think Freddie Freeman is the kind of guy that would have taken less money to stay in Atlanta for long-term um, because I think he loved that city so much. So I think it, it, it's just heartbreaking for, for, for Freddie Freeman. And I just fell for him. You know, part of me was just like, I'm like, do you guys want him back? Like, here you go. Like, I don't, at this point, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll figure it out. But unfortunately that's the way it is. You know, it's, that's just, it's just, it's just shitty business. And it's unfortunately that that it it had to happen that way if it did. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, it's done, but it's just, it's it's pretty crazy if, if these reports are true and, you know, we'll see if uh, more legal action gets taken on, on uh, the, uh, on from Casey Close and and, and his uh, management team. Um, certainly if it does, that'll create a pretty interesting, uh, core drama if they ever release that kind of stuff and see what actually comes, comes to light. Um, but moving on to my final topic here, the San Diego Padres, uh, did something pretty fucking weird. Um, they released their city connect jerseys. And if you have not seen these yet, uh, please Google them. Um, they're pretty interesting. Uh, we got some pretty hot takes already. Alex gave me his take that we'll get to at the end here. Um, but I will share my screen and we are going to rate, rate these guys. Um, once I get there and here we are. Wow. Um, I don't even know how to describe these. Um, basically just every annoying bright color you can imagine all poured into one. Uh, we got pinks, we got this weird aqua, teal blue we got this bright yellow they normally have um just a lot going on color wise um the uh the, the catcher's gear which i don't have a picture of is all pink uh, which is it, it, it's, it's pretty wild a lot a lot of colors going on just a, a lot happening here uh so we're gonna go around the horn and rate these as we always do james what do you got on these okay so for these i've been 
back and forth, up and down on these a lot. So when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, that, 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 there's a lot going on there. That's a no for me. There's too much. It's too loud. I'm going to give it a four out of 10. But then the more I looked at it, the more I did research on it, I realized that it's kind of an ode to Baja California and how they're meshing two different cultures together. And I was like, San Diego, Baja California, two countries into one team. And I was like, that is a pretty cool idea. I like that. So then I rated it a 7.3 out of 10. But then, then (laughs) (laughs) I talked to my boy, Mike, about this big Mike Brown who listens to the podcast every single time. Shout out Mike Brown. Um, And he was like, bro, like, these color the color scheme for this it's like miami it's miami type vibes and he's like and also it looks like an easter egg and i was like god damn you are right it does like an easter egg so now it's a 5.8 for me 5.8 from james uh i love i love the back and forth and kind of explaining everything (laughs) uh just taking us on your little journey there it was great uh james yeah trading did you go on such a long journey or, or are you what's what's going on there no, it was it was a short and sweet journey to the trash can. Um, <laughs> like these are bad. <laughs> they're very loud. I get that what they're trying to do, but I mean we're not in Miami, guy. We're on the other side of the fucking country. Um, I I I get the effort. So they get an A for effort. They get it. You know what? They get a nine for effort. But guess what? Effort doesn't pay the bills. Effort doesn't get you a big ranking in these TLDR City Connect jersey rankings. You go in the trash can at 5.0. Oh, that was higher than I expected it to be. Um, but yeah. Um, I got to give them something because the effort, right? They give them a little bit of something, like, but it doesn't put them over the top. Like You were lucky to get a five. <laughs> lucky. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm giving these a 1.8. Holy, um, holy shit, dude! Yeah. Come on, no, I no, what? Okay, I'm not from San Diego. My fiance is from San Diego, and I asked her what her opinion on these was because the whole point is the city connect, and I, you know, Baja California. But the problem is Baja California is not San Diego. That's the problem. Like I get they're close to Baja California, they're close to that, you know, all that stuff, but it's not San Diego. This when I see this, it does not scream San Diego at all. It just screams annoying and. Like I said, Miami, that's what I think. Like these, these are Miami colors, which is great for Miami, but it doesn't, it's not San Diego. And they're just annoying to look at. And I was watching the games, I was watching the game. And I just had to turn it off because I was just annoyed by, by seeing their, for their freaking uniforms. And that's not what you want. Um, so like I said, the idea and then the concept behind it, sure. So that's why they get some points for trying, but the execution is awful. Like it's just, it's just not there for me. Um, so it's a 1.8 for me. And uh, Alex gave these a 2.1. Um, and his, uh, take on it, um, was that they look like a mixture of Miami vice and rainbow Sherbert figure it out. <laughs> you know, I love that. Yeah. And, uh, figure his, it out, San Diego. his, like his alternate idea was to give, was for them to do the, the, the red suit, uh, Will Ferrell war during for anchorman and that he's done more for San Diego than the Padres ever have. He's not wrong. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. He's not he wrong. Is not wrong. Well, it's actually Baxter. No. Baxter, What's kind Baxter of- saves the world. What's kind of interesting is San Diego had an opportunity here. In my opinion, they should have went, they should have went in on the military side of San Diego, which is very, 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 very big part, especially after the release of, of one of the greatest films ever. And in, uh, in Top Gun, we all know that the birthplace of Naval aviation kind of started in San Diego. That's, and it's a big part of our Navy now. And there's, there's, you know, the military across all different, you know, all the different, um, 
you know, uh, parts of the military are, are, are all based in San Diego, uh, or at least have a basis in San Diego. And it just seemed like an opportunity to pay homage to our, to our military here, especially um, given its rich history. Um, and that, and that kind of brings it down to a, to a 3.0 for me now, because it, it, I, I just thought about the, the last opportunity. So you can, I'm going to change it to a 3.0. Right, I'll change it to a three. Um, Trade night, agree with you. My, my only devil's advocate to that is that they, every Sunday home game, they do wear uh, their military camo jerseys. So they do pay homage to that. Mm. Um, but Tough. I think they still should have played off that more with these city connect jerseys. I agree with you. I think when I think San Diego and kind of like their history and kind of what I think about when I think of San Diego, one of the things I mainly think of is all the, the military bases around the area with the Marines, the Navy, pretty much all of them have some sort of base there and, and, and home there in San Diego. And I think they could have done a lot more with that. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I guess I, tr- I appreciate the effort. I get the concept, but the execution and just when, at, the, at the end of the day, like these are design jerseys that are supposed to look good. These just don't look good. They, they're, they're not like, even if these were Miami, they'd probably get a little bit higher because I feel like it matches their aesthetic better. So I might've, I might've bumped it up to like a four or something but the jerseys just don't look good. They're just not good looking jerseys. I mean, San Diego has a real problem with making jerseys look good. Like they, they just, they just can't figure it out. Um, but yeah. What, what, what do you guys think of these? Um, we're interested to see what, what you guys take on these uh, Padres jerseys are. Um, this was definitely the lowest ranked one. I don't even have to do the math on this one so far. 2022. <laughs> um, I'm really, there's, I think we have, I think there's 16 teams that still have not had a city connect jersey. So we're not even halfway done with these guys. Um, I'm not sure how many are supposed to be released for the rest of the season. I don't think there's many more, maybe two or three more, um, for, for, for 2022. And once we have all of them done, we'll, of course, we'll go through the whole year as a review and kind of see who are 22, 2022 champions and who are overall champions so far. So, so these are super fun. Thanks guys for your, for your takes on these. Um, yeah, that's all I got for baseball this week. Tune into the all-star game next week. It's going to be great. Yes. And, uh, thank you very much everybody for listening to, episode 106 of TLDR podcast. So I want to let you guys know that you guys have been helping out tremendously. Like the last, I don't know, four or five episodes, the acquisitions have gone up a ton. So I appreciate you guys. Keep sharing, keep doing your thing and tune in every single week. But before we leave, I leave you with one question. What makes toast toast? Like if you toast a waffle, is that now toast? Think about that. Have a good week and see you next week. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 